Welcome to 80s Music Exposed, the podcast in which we review all the best albums of the 80s, one month at a time. We will break them down, give you the skinny, and duke it out over whether you should or should not dig these back out again. If you are ready for an 80s music deep dive, from Public Enemy to Wham, Eno to XTC, Madonna, Hair Metal, Reggae, and all points in between, then crank the boombox, turn the Walkman up to 10, and oh, let's go. Now, from the kitchen, Chris and Henry. Oh my God, Chris. Are you on the moon? I feel like I'm on the moon. <laughs> you sound like you might be on the moon. What's going on here? There's been a horrible thing to happen. I don't know if you've heard about it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's a little bit of a global pandemic happening right now, I guess. Henry. Welcome welcome to an apocalyptic edition of 80s <laughs> Music Exposed. We apologize up front for how this is going to sound. I mean, how the hell do we talk about albums? Well, I thought we might try to lighten things up for people that are having a rough time. I know um, I've been in my house now for about six days. I thought uh-huh. maybe it'd be nice to have a little podcast. You're a little whippersnapper, what you are. That's right. <laughs> I, I've been in it for, this is going on week three. I'm not going back out there again. Yeah, it's scary to go outside. And, and so we hope that we it's, can um, provide a little bit, at least an hour break from all the um, stress-inducing stuff going on in the world right now. And, right, Henry? And you know, Right. I mean, and you're not alone. If following along with us and listening to albums and all that kind of stuff it can be your actually be a healthy break that's right to away from the day-to-day bullshit that's coming across your phone yeah so there might be a few more fuck-ups on this episode and uh audio screw-ups but we're going to do our best to bring you a show we are isolated i'm still in the kitchen and henry is now where are you henry i am in well we're calling it the peace pod right so it's my camper that's in my backyard peace pod nice Yeah, so, you know, basically, if you want to come out here and have, like, a conversation without being bothered, right now I've got my iPhone pulled up. I'm using Zoom with Chris. That's how Chris has got me piped into the the pod. And we're going to have Megan calling. You know, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, we're going to give it a shot. We're going to go for the full three-person menage a trois, if I may. (laughs) Later on in the show, so stick around for that. I'm sure she loves that. <laughs> Henry, let's, uh, if, if people are still listening at this point, let's do the uh, plugs at the top. If you like our show, and by God, if you're listening, you probably do, <laughs> or you like the records you're choosing, please rate and review us on iTunes. I mean, come on. You're not, you ain't got nothing better to do right now, do you? <laughs> you can All also right. listen to us on Spotify and Stitcher and share it with your friends. You could chat us up on Twitter. I assure you I'll respond (laughs) (laughs) at 80s Exposed or at 80smusicexposed at gmail.com. Yes, and my Twitter handle is at T-C-I Duke. That's T-C-I-D-U-K-E. And Henry's Twitter handle is at Hank G. That's at H-A-N-K-G-E-E. Chris, let's let them know how we pick our LPs. We're going to get some new fans, I'm sure. We use the RAGS method, and that stands for R, is the Rolling Stone five-star reviews from the original time when the album was reviewed. We also do A. Henry, what's A? The All Music Guide on the internet. They have uh, starred reviews there, and we take note of the highest-rated ones for that. And then the Gs. The Gs are all the Grammy winners from that year. Or maybe the next year. We found out a lot of Grammy winners don't win the Grammy until the next year 
for an album that came out in the previous year. So, and Henry, what's the S stand for? Shit we like, man. All we right. know some music, so we're going to let them know about it. That's right. That's how we're going to pick them. So everybody sit back and relax. Let's go back to a time when all we had to worry about was nuclear holocaust. Oh, <sighs> I remember those days. Weren't those the day? That's right. We're going to go all the way back to uh, December of 1981 for this episode, our last episode of 1981. Henry, give us our first significant event. This actually was significant. Falcon Crest. Premiered on CBS on December the fourth, as if Dallas wasn't enough. You know, this is this is going to be a hard episode for me all the way around, just because when you said that, I'm like, I'm worried that I, if I go outside, I could die. But Falcon Crest premiered on CBS December fourth, nineteen eighty one. Remember that? Woo, that was a big moment. Um, also, Henry Muhammad Ali fought his last fight in Dece- on December eleventh of nineteen eighty one. His 61st fight, in my opinion, probably about 21 fights too many for his health, as it turned out. But oh, yeah. um, kind of sad. Kind of sad what happened to Muhammad. But uh, Henry, what's the last significant event? Well, we've this got going? is actually a very big development. CNN debuted, Cable News Network. Wow. December 31st, last day of the year. That's when all the bullshit actually started. <laughs> <laughs> that, was that when, they, I mean, is that when commercial news really started to happen? I would. I mean, I. I don't want to get too political yeah. here, and we're trying to keep the show light. But I would. I would say you could trace the roots of why we have the president we have today all the way back to this event, uh, December thirty first of nineteen eighty one. But Henry, we're supposed to keep it light. Let's. We've traveled back in time. Let's do some album reviews. That's what we came here for, right? That's right. All right, and the first one we're going to review is by a band called Black Flag. Uh, the album is called Damaged. This is an all-music five-star album, and the track we're going to play, hopefully, I'm going to give it a try here in a second, is called Six Pack. Kind of sums up, I bet, how some of our listeners feel about right so, now after being cooped we up with their kids. Was, when I was reviewing records for this, the pandemic had just started, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I went out for a run, and the first song, it was so, what's the word? It's like I had a mission. I wanted to fist pump in the air. Rise Above, above rise is the above. first song, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to rise above, I'm going to rise above. And I was like, oh, 
thank God, Henry Rollins is still there for me to listen to. That's interesting because you know I, mean? I this is one of the albums that I reviewed on a run too. I feel like it would be perfect to, to do a run to, and it, it turned out that way. So we listened to Jealous Again, the EP. We called it an album, right? That's right. We, we counted it as an album, but it was really an EP. That came out in 1980. I think we both liked it. I am a more of a Henry Rollins guy than I am a Dez guy. Right. What about you? Yeah, I I think I am too. And I think I'm more of a, a Black Flag post-damaged guy than I am before. Mm-hmm. Looking back on this, Henry, I, I found a lot of people that said this, and I'd never thought of it this way, but then I don't know if there's a more definitive punk album, period. I, I, maybe never mind the books, but other than that... This could be the all-time greatest punk album. Probably the definitive American punk, punk record. Yeah, I think this is the greatest punk album of all time. I, what I love about it, Henry, is it's surprising. And it even surprised me this time because there's a lot of witty, like, there's a lot of humor on this record, mm-hmm. which also, I think, flesh out the desperation of younger mm-hmm. 20-something guys. They're not just angry. They're, you know, they're, they're also, like, funny like in it, their desperation. It also wasn't silly, though. There's a difference. No, right? no, like, no. It, there was still an underlying were, bite to it. Yeah, like there were elements of Jealous Again that one could probably say was a little silly, you know? But this seems like, I saw it to be a progression. The song arrangements seemed to be a little more interesting than than the, the EP I listened to. So it's less whiny. Well, it's kind of funny because the way you're talking, it's like, this is like their pop album. I guess. Because there's like a lot more of a song quality. Like, Jealous Again to me, it, remember, it was only like six minutes long, the whole thing. And it's yep. just like, to me, it's just one long screed. Whereas this had um, different emotions and different stuff going on. Damaged was the first like full-length album that they were able to make. And Rollins uh, was the fourth singer at this point. So, And he was kind of a fan, right, Henry? They just kind of joined as a as, uh, fan. Y- yeah. Yeah, he was just a in fact, he joined just a couple of minutes, a couple of minutes, a couple of weeks before they even recorded this. Supposedly, the guy that produced this, I think his, his name Robo or something like yes, that. Yes, yes. He said he said that there was that there is a version of this album with Dez singing on it somewhere. Yeah, because all of Rollins' stuff was just kind of overdubbed. I yeah, mean, he just walked I mean, in a couple of weeks before and. Yeah, this, this is the, his first recorded work anybody knows of before he came, became the big rock star, Henry Rollins. <laughs> Henry, I have to so, ask, what's going on in the pod out there? Because I've seen your phone <laughs> jump off the uh, table twice. Did it? Can you hear it on the pod? Did it? Yeah, there's a couple times it sounds like you just fell out um, both times, but I don't know what you, are you like doing? Are you doing some full body black flag calisthenics no, out there or what's I'm going not, on? All right. So I've got this stupid like thing you're supposed to mount the phone on. Okay. And it keeps falling on the ground. So fuck it. I'm putting it down. <laughs> all right. Perfect. Sorry, folks. All right. So did we like damaged by black flag? I'm voting up yet. I'm voting up, yes. Like, to me, this is the best punk record of all time. So not only am I voting for it as an 80s record, I think you got to hear this record, right? Yeah. Is Just it in general. Can- is it 80s canon? Yes. This one, for me, is canon. Ooh, very I good. like that you brought yeah. canon up before me. I'm starting to get you trained. <laughs> you fucking suck, man. <laughs> oh, that's great. I didn't about, even have to bring it up myself. I like now how every review, you probably start your list and go, I hope Chris doesn't call this fucking canon. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely canon. It's definitely now, I, a thumbs up for me. 
Yeah, yeah, big thumbs up. Uh, if, if you uh, like this kind of music, this is one that you must hear. That's right. All right, Henry, tell us what our next record is going to be, and I'll try to cue up some music. All right, the next album we're, we considered was the Doretti Column, and the album is called LC. We're going to play a song called Mesador. Admittedly, this is the first Doretti Column album I have even listened to. Okay. I always knew that the main guy in Doretti Column was the guitar player for Viva Hate. I uh, always the, knew the that. Morrissey never, record, Viva Hate. But I never had access to one of the albums, so I, I didn't really know what I was in for. Did you? No, that's I, and I think that talks about how we have a common background with mm-hmm. indie music at the time. I, Henry, I even want to step further. I'd always confused the Derudi, if I don't know how to say it, Derudi column with this other band that was a factory band called A Certain Ratio, oh. which if you were a factory nerd, everyone always considered A Certain Ratio to be lame. But anyway, I, I, I never listened to Derudi column because I always got them confused with A Certain Ratio. So when I put this on, um, and by the way, this is the second album from uh, Derudy Calm. Um, right. Notably, this is the first album that they did without Martin Hannett, who, if you've listened to our show, you've heard that name before because he's yeah. the famed producer of um, Joy Division and uh, New Order's first record. Well, he did the first Derudy Column album, and then, surprise, surprise, uh, Vinnie Riley couldn't get along with him said fuck off and did the second <laughs> record himself martin hannon i don't know henry did if you went back and listened to the first record at all um, no i was hoping you could tell me about it I and the production is great this martin hannon guy is great at production but he must be a supreme dick because nobody <laughs> really? wants to work with him i i do have to say this record though sounds like its own thing it sounds great and i and i think you'll appreciate this henry which is this is maybe Looking at all music, they thought this might be the first ever album that was put out that was recorded on a home four-track machine. Yes, yes, I read that. It's in big caps on my notes. Yeah, so he did that, and he you can hear the tape hiss. And, and Henry and I mm-hmm. used to record on these little machines all the time in the 90s, so we know that sound. But um, yep. I bas- he basically did the demos on the four track, and then they just added drums later. Just so, just to flesh things out a little bit, the Derudy Column started out as a band before the first record, but it ended up just ending up being Vinnie Riley by himself. 
Um, yep. And by this record, it was him by himself, except his manager put down percussion and drums. He happened to play drums, and so uh, he played drums on it. His name was Bruce Mitchell. But everything else was just guitar. Henry, what did you think of that? Because I, when I listened to it, I was expecting a lot. I was expecting vocals. And I expected to hear vocals as well. But, and it was good. Right, The record was good. He, he reminds me of a subtle and more intimate, maybe less flashy Johnny Marr. I have a theory. Do you want to hear it? Sure. My, my theory is that Marr took a lot of Vinny's style, like with licks and turnarounds directly, and he put them in a classic 60s pop, classical pop music framework. Yeah, I, I totally with, hear that. I agree with you. Vinny Riley is, to me, the, the kind of guy who can, can, he said this in an interview, that he can conceive of an album write it and perform it in 12 hours. And I think that's the thing about this. If you're expecting it, it, it is a post-punk semi new wave record, but what, what I really heard was just a guy definitely trained, right? Henry, like that definitely sure. like, knows what he's yeah. doing. And probably like you just said, a Supreme musician who probably like hears a song fully formed in his head and just, yeah. and then just sits down so, and lets it out of him. It was interesting to me that Vinnie Riley kept saying he never thought that this was ever going to get put out. Like he kept thinking it was a joke. Yeah. Like they kept telling him, you know, to show up to the studio to redo mixes. And he was like, I didn't so, think this was coming out. So the, I was very impressed with the guitar parts. I thought he had vocals on the first song, maybe the third one and but, the last one. But they're they almost always, an afterthought, right? They were soft and, and, and hesitant. Um, and I think you, you could make a case. Some of the newer music today grabs from elements that were presented back during this time, especially this kind of vocal delivery. You will hear it again here in the aughts and in the 20, 2019s, 2020s. You'll hear wow, okay. that kind of stuff, I, I believe. The record is long. It is an hour and seven minutes long. So it's like, but, I, but here's where I'm going to be critical of it. And this is hard for me to do. I think it, it plays a little long. I think it, it can be, so if, if you're not careful, it's like, hey, look, I'm an awesome guitar player. Yeah, there's a, there's elements of that, like, look at yeah. all the different stuff I can do, yeah. So what I picked up with it, okay, this is a problem that Morrissey solves, right? By bringing Vinny Riley and making him work in another idiom except for his own. Like, Well, you know, I, I had thoughts, though, Henry, of if I got in this headspace, was he's sitting in his room making four-track demos, right? Mm -hmm. He probably doesn't think these are coming out. So he's not literally arranging any of these songs. He's just playing and playing and playing. And you know how guitar players can just play and play and play. Mm -hmm. I feel like part of it was yeah. if he really had seriously thought these ideas were going to be songs, he would have uh, shaped them up a little bit more. So it, they wouldn't have been as long. But I hear so, what you're saying. I, I definitely hear what you're saying. So that there's some maybe, but maybe it's like maybe that's solved in the subsequent albums afterwards. Well, we'll maybe we'll, I won't know until I go out and listen. But. Well, maybe we'll we'll find out because I think by virtue of this record, they deserve another review later on because it was this one was really good. I'm going to so recommend it's, it's, this one. So I am too. The album is undeniably pretty in spots, and to his credit, like I, he does switch it up. You'll you'll be like, okay, what's going to happen? Then he'll come in with the with the vocals that are a little mumbly. Then he'll go for the piano, but it's but it's like ten cuts deep in there <laughs> you, you got to really get through the other stuff but he's still doing records from what i hear yeah my only criticism of him henry now is i think right. he's one of those guys that um can't give up the haircut that he had in the 80s oh you saw that 
<laughs> Man, what is up with guys in their 60s and 70s still rocking yeah, the uh, haircut from there? You know, it's, it's time to get an age-appropriate haircut. Kind of weird looking to see an old guy standing under this big mop of hair, but hey, more power to him. He's still doing what he's doing. I think we're both giving this a thumbs up, right, Henry? Yep, yep, love it. Uh, LC stands for Lotta Continua, which is Italian for Continuous Struggle. The, their first album that had Fact 14 on the cover, they the first idea was to have the cover made out of sandpaper. Ooh, I read that too. <laughs> <laughs> so that it would ruin all the other albums in I your collection. <laughs> it's a great idea. <laughs> And they said that Ian, they said the guys enjoy division. The they they couldn't pay somebody to make the record that way. So they would sit in the other room and glue it up, you know, with sandpaper on the album covers. <laughs> right? Oh. And um, but the truth that I read was that the other guys enjoy division didn't do it. Ian Curtis put all two thousand of those things together himself as the other guys watched porn in the other room. <laughs> He well, the money. There's the story for you. And so that's the story. Anyway, go up, listen to some Duretti column if you were serious about Johnny Marr and the Smiths, y'all. You'd like it. All right. Well, let's go on to our next record. It is going to be by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. The album is I Love Rock and Roll. This is from the Stuff We Like category, and the song is Crimson and Clover. and Clover, um, one of the two hit singles off of this record. Both were covers, which was a problem yep. for me. I wondered what you're going to say about that. I, let me do my little diatribe here, and then you can correct me if you think I'm, I'm wrong. All right. First of all, I really respect Joan Jett, and I also really love that documentary that's out about her now. I think it's on Hulu. But man, the stuff that she's been through, and to be doing it, and nothing but props. However, it seemed weird to me that this album, and Joan Jett in particular, who kind of to me is a feminist icon and mm-hmm. one of the first uh, women of rock to really do it, um, has so many covers on her first two albums. And then the first two singles off this album are covers. 
which I'm like that to me, that's like, why can't, why can't we release one of her own songs? Why do we have to like, we, we still, she can't do in her own song. She has to do a cover. I didn't, and, and, and let me say this. I love Crimson and Clover. I love her version of it. Like that was my first exposure to Joan Jett as a kid. And I loved it, but that kind of detracted for me. Cause I was like, I know she's a, she can write songs and I know she's good. Why, why, why are we doing this? I don't think after looking at that documentary, I kind of change. I'm not saying that I don't, it doesn't change my opinion of record. She re- she wrote half the songs on this. I'll give her, you know what I mean? Right. So you, you got to give her that, but it's like, you, did you hear the arrows version of that song? Yes. Did you like it? Um, no, I don't, I don't like no, any, not- <laughs> they did a great job with them. I, I don't fault them for that. It just kind of yeah. tarnishes it a little bit for me that when she exploded onto the scene um, and you know, as a kid, I don't know about you, Henry, but as a kid, I, I knew about her before I ever heard about the runaways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see yeah, exactly. Like the, she, remember I told you the story of Tanya. Yes. My cousin, yes. She, this was the other record. It, you know, we listened to the, to the human league record the other day. For those who don't, who, who, who didn't listen, Henry, tell them about your cousin. Tom. Oh yeah, my cousin uh, Tanya. She passed away, but she's the one that really introduced me to any modern music at all uh, over one weekend. And it was this is Joan Jett record, this one, and that, and the Human League. You know, in the same weekend. So right. I know the timelines are lining up, and so revisiting the records kind of weird because I, like you, attach this. I think I attach a moment in time to that song, you know? I do too. I mean, it's good. It's good, but I attach a lot of youthful emotions to it. Yeah, and for me, uh, I looked it up just to make sure I was right. Women and Children first Van Halen tour, she opened up when this album oh, had yeah. just come out. So she was just oh. starting to ride the I Love Rock and Roll um, tide. So that was my first exposure to her was that show and she blew me away at the show but the album kind of always to me fell a little bit flat because the singles are better than the rest of it i don't think she's an album artist that's that's maybe that's a a singles artist yeah and i know i just complained about doing the two covers as the singles and then the rest of it kind of doesn't rise to that level Mm -hmm. for me but uh, there was a bit of that to me where kind of kind of reminded me of a bar band a little bit mm-hmm. you know what i mean that that thing me and you go back to about the old bar band um american kind of bar band thing but uh, it's hard for me uh, to say to criticize her but i i think maybe uh it's better than like uh freeze uh, jay giles band for sure but it's yeah. still not up to the level of like and, I, and she I, would fight she would find the authenticity her delivery more important than the authorship of the song. Well, that was the thing, Henry, I was going to, I was going to mention and you nailed it. When I saw her live, which I, I had only heard, I love rock and roll maybe once or twice before I saw her live. The thing that came across to me live, I didn't really think about how good the songs were. She was just selling every song. It was like every song was actually about her, even though she didn't write some of the songs, you know what I mean? So she was selling it. And then that came across live. I also wanted to get your thoughts, Henry, on this more and more. I compare and contrast her with Chrissy Hine, Mm -hmm. who I think is far and away a better songwriter than 
Joan Jett. But what I found interesting from a lot of uh, people that I read about talking about Chrissy Hine, they always said there doesn't seem to be a lot there until she yeah. starts playing music. And then, yeah. I, and I tried to read her autobiography, and I, I kind of felt the same way. There wasn't a lot going on. But then on yeah. the other hand, I've, I've heard a lot of people say Joan Jett is like one of the most um, intelligent, engaging people you've ever met. But if you put her yeah, songs yeah. versus Chrissy Hines' songs in The Pretenders, so I say it's no contest. It's so interesting. Like, honestly, um, after looking at the documentary, I would want to talk to her more about her life, more than I want to listen to um, each, each album. Yeah, Isn't I, that weird? I would kind of like to combine her with Christy Hine and com, com, uh, make a super, <laughs> a super eighties <laughs> feminist icon. If I could combine them into one person, it would be great. It's, but you know, you, you like remember when you were seeing the documentary and the journalist would at, would ask her stupid fucking questions like, "When you're playing on stage, do you feel like a man or a woman?" Yes, you know, and she ask her questions about whether she wants to have children and stuff. And she suffers no bullshit. That's yeah. what I like about her. She just like she just doesn't put up with any bullshit. And she doesn't really. She doesn't. It doesn't really matter what you and I think about this thing. Nope. Oh, for you know? sure. I will say, Henry, on this album, I don't. I I read this, and so I went back and listened to the first record as well. I do have to say, this album because of the Blackhearts, the band is kind mm-hmm. of beefed up on this record. I think that makes it better for me than the first record. Um, is the element of, that the band brought, and I do think it was a good band, but I still think the songs were about on par with the first album, not not the greatest. Yeah. So at at my age now, I listen to it. I say that the the record itself is not bad. It's not amazing, really. They did redo that that main song by the Arrows, made it much better than the original one. She also did another one of I Love Rock and Roll with uh, the, the Sex Pistols. That was pretty good, not quite as dialed in as this one. She wrote half the songs on this album. Some of them were, were pretty good, but, I mean, to be honest, it wasn't <clears throat> amazing. I find this record to be more of a moral victory than an artistic one. Right. Um, because look at the way the industry treated her sure. for the Runaways. And then look how she had that this her first solo album just kind of, snatched and they sold that shit out the back door and, and they didn't get any credit for it. And they just went and did, they were indie. They didn't even realize they were indie. <laughs> well, I'm going to say, know, Henry, I so. recommend the doc. I highly recommend the documentary, but I'm not going to recommend this album. I think her story and her life is more interesting than this album. You already know the singles probably. So um, I'm going to yeah. give it a thumbs down. Yep. Uh, I, I hate to even say that. Doesn't even sound right to say it, but right. yeah. Um, if um, maybe watch the watch the documentary. All right, Henry, uh, lead us into our next uh, next record. All right, the next record we're going to listen to is uh, "Architecture and Morality" by a band called Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, frequently shortened to OMD. That's right. The, uh, we're going to play part of the song. We're going to play the song called "Souvenir." Souvenir 
All right, Henry. So that was, to me, probably the most uh, pop-oriented song on this record, which really surprised me because I, again, I only really know OMD from their one or two hits that they had, their mm-hmm. their 80s hits. I was expecting a really uh, heavy <laughs> pop album, and this album is weird. I mean, it's, so I, it's I, weird. I expected the song, okay, I expected them to be cheesy, and I don't. I think I had them confused maybe with some other bands of that era. I might have had them confused with the later work of Human League. I don't know, but I kind of um, put them in the Human League box too, and I feel bad for both bands because now that we've looked at both bands closely, I think we like them right. both better. Not, we really, they neither one of them deserved the criticism, really, or our version, really. So, no. And Architecture and, Morality is not really a pop record. I mean, it's got some stuff on there that is out there. That's the thing. Is like, I expected to hear, if you leave, right? Okay, that was the song from back in the day that we would have known from OMD. And I was expecting to hear leave, that 10 times. Don't yeah. leave now. And so as a result, I fucking hate his voice. That's, <laughs> I, I can't, you know what I mean? It's, I genuinely dislike the voice. Yes. And I think it's because I, I heard that was like cheese ball shit. But then you crank this thing up and it's the song's called The New Stone Age. And you're like, wait, did somebody turn on the four track with the Cure knockoff band? Because what is that? I'm sitting, here, I'm sitting here, Henry, during a couple of these going, I've already reviewed the album that Eno called his favorite. Why didn't he like this fucking Why record? Because this, one? <laughs> this one's got some like- crazy keyboard stuff on it. I mean, these guys get into it like deep, crazy keyboard stuff. But they also, they're, they have this dark side, but then when the keyboards come in, it's like supremely happy. And then, but also, and the song, but also, I feel like they, they, they sprinkled a couple pop songs throughout, like the one we just heard, just so you're, right. you don't get off the rails, you know, like, oh, and the guy, right. The guys that picked this up were guys like, I call them the laptop bands of this era. Yeah, or like the, the bedroom, you know what I'm the talking bedroom, about? yeah, the bedroom laptop bands. Like, like, I guess, do, you, do you ever heard of I a guess, band called Hot Chip? I've heard the name. Have okay, heard it, of, uh, it reminds me of college. That. Yes, you heard of co- and Electric Youth. Those guys, like, and this is not a bad comparison. No, no, I'm not. I'm not disrespecting these guys at all either. I, 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 I was shocked again. I, I assumed this was going to be a Pretty in Pink soundtrack all the way through, and I was going to be like, I hate this, but it was not. And just, but, just for. <laughs> Just for the sake of uh, some background, this was their third album uh, yeah. that they that they put out. This one gets the credit as being the most like artistic and them doing the most out there kind of stuff. I mm-hmm. I hesitate to listen to anything else because I liked this one a lot. And I don't want to ruin my thoughts on it because I, I don't know about you, Henry, but I'm not a big fan of their one hit, the the if uh, you leave it song. Sounds, it sounds weird, like. His, his voice is so, it's so sappy. Like sometimes they do lyrics that are just just basic. Yeah, if well, you leave, don't leave now. Please don't take my heart away. Come on, you know that. It's a, but it was it was meant for a younger person. It was meant for that child that I was. Right, and I, from what I read, Henry, I don't know if you saw this, but a lot of people did not like it when it first came out. But now oh, really? it, it's got all this like it's got all the pitchfork crowd like. Everybody loves it now. I believe it. I believe it because it's you can hear it in their work and in, in all those laptop bands' work right now. I have a lot of mixed feelings about this one. It's like it's two great tastes that do not taste great together. 
Okay, so it didn't totally work for you. No, it's it more offended me really than it. Like, it's like a it was like half of a good record and half just not good, you know. And they didn't go together well. Like the song that that was supposed to be a ballad didn't really go well with the other three or four songs that were like the art part. Yeah, I will say this that it did it did sound like two different things going on. I almost felt like mm-hmm. they knew that they were doing some out there stuff, so they kept trying to put some pop stuff in there. But I can yeah. see where it doesn't have a continuity as an album. Yeah, it screws it up as an album. Like, but, but then I'm sitting and give thinking me the first three songs and skip through that one. Then do the next right, year, right. You know. <laughs> well, I'm going to give this one neither a thumbs down or a thumbs up because of that that juxtaposition. I'm just going to give it a. If you're really interested in See, keyboard music, you can you can check it out. You have to pick away. You have to pick a pick a path. <sighs> if I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna get say thumbs down, but not because I don't respect it or there weren't elements of it. But I agree with you, Henry. We've There's, given other records thumbs down before that were worthy. You know? Well, yeah, and I think a lot of the records we cover are worthy, but this one I'm gonna give a thumbs down just because I don't think you need to listen to it if nope. you're, if you're surveying the '80s. No, no. In fact, there are other bands who did this kind of stuff who did it better. Well, that sums it up right there. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, We're going to get to our last record, Henry, and this one is by Ozzy Osbourne. The name of the album is Diary of a Madman. This is an all-music five-star album, and the song we're going to play is called Flying High Again. You like that, did you? <laughs> Man, I like this I'm record. Sure. I can't, <laughs> so I can't sure help Randy it. I, Rhodes, I like. I, look, I'm sure Randy Rhodes really appreciated you selecting "Flying High Again." I love that song. I listened to it. I put it on my running playlist, and I just, Dude. I just love this song. I, I maybe I'm earning my junior metal man metalhead card because I liked this record, Henry. Okay, the record's okay, but the cover, why is it so shitty? Because of his wife, his Sharon. The cover was awful. <laughs> what? Uh, well, I will say this. I remember as a kid, when that album came out, all the metalheads loved that cover. Because it was, <laughs> it, it, it was very Alice Cooper. It was very like, 
Aussie is really like that. I guess it seems tame to us now, but back then everyone thought it looks like a cartoon, like a seals of Marty Croft or something. But I remember people trying to read into like yeah. where he was standing. Is that like Alistair Crowley's basement <laughs> or you know, just dumb shit like that? But um I do wanna I do wanna quickly see, see this is what before we had the internet, okay. This is you and I have got to live this now. People are like now doing weird shit. Like I made a weird sign in my front yard the other day about flattening the curve. I like I'm like sitting at home making doodles and stuff because it's like the old days. It's like when we before we had the internet. Now I've got all this weird energy to do with because I'm at home. You know, in the old days you could just sit around and think about Ozzy Osbourne maybe being Aleister Crowley's disciple. Yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of time was spent as teenagers, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are in that boat where we had time to just mm-hmm. sit and talk about album covers because we didn't have a phone in front of us twenty four seven. So we'd sit and dissect yeah. um, Ozzy Osbourne covers, which is great. <laughs> um, so let me let me do the Henry. Let me do the reality TV uh, rumor uh, gossipy stuff first. So okay. on this album, the drummer and bass player, who, by the way, I really want to give a shout out to the bass player, whose le- last name is Daisley, uh, were great. Mm-hmm. I think the bass playing on this album is amazing. Um, but they were not given credit. Not only were they not given credit, but the guys that replaced them after they recorded the album were wrote into the liner notes. So it was like they were erased completely. Damn. That the reason that that happened is Sharon Osbourne started managing Ozzy right around this period when they were recording the record, and Daisley oh. and Ker Slacky, who was the drummer, went to her and said, "Look, we're not getting paid even like hourly in the studio, and we're not on tour. We don't have any money. Could we get a paycheck to tide us over until we hit the road?" They finished the album and then were told by Sharon. I found new players, you're out, and fired them, and then took their names off of everything. So Damn. the new members, Serzo and Aldridge, both have always said they hate that their name is on the record because they didn't play on the record at all, and they didn't have anything against those other guys. Um, but yeah, Sharon came in and was like, a lot of people say that was the best thing that ever happened to Ozzy. A lot of people say it was the worst thing. I still think the worst thing that happened to Ozzy was Randy Rhodes dying, which also happened yeah. right after this record. Um, yeah. Henry, did you read the whole story about how he died? So what I could tell, and uh, you get weird, um, it depends on who you talk to, right? But apparently they were buzzing the tour bus in an airplane that was flying along, along above them, right? Yes, yeah, so the tour bus driver... That Randy Rhodes was in. Yeah, apparently the tour bus driver was a amateur pilot and had pulled the bus over near an airfield where there was a a plane that he wasn't supposed to be flying but he took it up apparently all night he'd been having a fight and doing cocaine with his girlfriend Uh, randy rhodes was death deathly afraid of flying but apparently he talked him into going up with the girl that was the makeup artist because she said she was scared too and the pilot promised he wouldn't do anything crazy one of the one of the members of the band or the manager was standing outside the tour bus when they came flying in to buzz the bus. He has always been of the opinion that he could see Randy Rhodes fighting with the pilot to try to gain control of the plane. 
And the theory has always been that Randy Rhodes saved everybody on the bus because the plane only clipped the bus, that that uh, pilot was going to commit suicide and kill his ex-wife or girlfriend who was on the bus who he'd been fighting with all night. That had been the plan all along, and to take out the entire bus. And if Randy Rhodes had not fought the guy off, they would have not just clipped the bus. They would have hit the bus head on. But either way, yeah, they were buzzing the tour bus, and it killed Randy Rhodes. Henry, I don't know, uh, me, to me and you, I guess, Randy Rhodes is like the heavy metal version of Johnny Marr. He's like the heavy metal yeah. guitar hero uh, extraordinaire. I, he has a style called neoclassical metal because mm-hmm. he's classically trained. We talked about it on their la- on the last Aussie record. I think this record's better than the last one. I think it's got better production. Yeah. And I think it's yeah. more of a pop record than the other one. But it's definitely a Randy Rhodes record. If you like Randy Rhodes shit, you're going to love this record. This is the one. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of his work all over this thing. I think the production is better. It's like if I had to, if I had to pick one Ozzy record to listen to of the two, it would be this one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. This one is the, the best one. And I'm not, I'm not a big Ozzy fan either, to be honest with you. Well, see, I um, came into this not an Aussie fan at all, and the last one was kind of like, hey, this is not terrible, and then this one I really liked. But I think I liked it because of Randy Rhodes. I don't think I liked it because of Ozzy. Well, he was a big part of it, yeah, I, because I think yeah. I think Ozzy went downhill after this, but we who knows? Maybe that's just my opinion. We'll, we'll review another Ozzy record. Maybe I'll like <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, but you're not, if you're expecting, it's not like new ground gets broken per se. It's just that Randy Rhodes gets better. And if, if but for this accident, what would we have been able to see out of this guy? Um, Henry, I'm going to recommend this record. What about yeah, you? I'm not, re- not going to recommend it. I'm not an enormous Aussie person per se, so not just not my bag. All right. Well, it is that time. Let's see what uh, Megan's got gotten up to since we last talked to her and see if we can get her uh, dialed in here. All right, Henry, I think we've got Megan on the line. Megan, are you there? I am, yes. Hey, hey awesome. Mm-hmm. This is working. Woo. Yep, I, I have survived the pandemic thus far. Yes, tell us how, tell you, us how, how are you it... holding up. Are you clawing off your skin yet or what? <sighs> no, not yet. Like, I, I don't mind staying home. I'm kind of a homebody. Um, this is a little too extreme <laughs> of that for my taste. But I can do this for like another... Another month and be okay. Beyond that, like once potentially like summer concerts and stuff start getting Mm. impacted, which I think is probably going to happen. I I don't know for sure. That's when I'll really get bummed out. (laughs) And hopefully we'll come out soon. Uh, Megan, Mm -hmm. how about we talk about some albums and try to get people away from thinking about coronavirus for a little bit? Yes, I would love to do that. All right. um, you said you said the c word. You did it. Right, I know. I, I I'll try not to again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Megan, both of us were thumbs up for Black Flag Damaged. What are your thoughts? I knew that you guys were going to say that because you're men in your like forties, <laughs> fifties. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh good. No. Oh good. Okay, let's hear it. Oh, that's <laughs> just the way Black Flag is. While I respect Black Flag, it is not my cup of tea, which you can't be shocked by that, really. No, no. I, I can see that. 
Yeah. I feel like generally Black Flag, it's another one of those bands where it's just more like the fan base is more male dominated because they're just so like aggressive. Mm -hmm. And Henry Rollins, it's just interesting. Like Henry Rollins now as compared to like, I think this was their first album, right? Yeah. Their first real album. And now he's just like, you know, sipping coffee on podcasts and like talking about <laughs> being talking about being a world traveler, which is cool. Aww. Everybody has to mellow, but yeah, I'm. This is a hard note for me. I do not like Black Flag. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> Sorry, Megan, let's, let's see what you think about this next one. Uh, the Derudi Column. Um, LC is the name of the record. Both Henry and I gave it a thumbs up as well. Cool. Um, I always wonder if I'm saying Derudi correctly. Me too. Me <laughs> it's like too. Like one of yep. those words where I'm like, that could be pronounced totally yeah. differently yeah. than yeah. what I'm Right. But um, I really like this album too. I would definitely give it a thumbs up. Um, it was re- released by Factory, so of course, um, as you know, I love um a lot of Factory artists. And this album, like, I wasn't super familiar with it. Um, I knew about um, the song, the tribute to Ian Curtis. I think it's called The Missing Boy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. So I've heard that song yep. before. And I yep. hadn't really listened to the whole album. So I checked it out and I really, really enjoyed it. It's like very atmospheric. And I would say almost kind of, I don't know if you've ever heard of the genre of music called like dream pop. Yes. Mm-hmm. So kind of almost like yeah. a little even, maybe even shoegazy. That might be kind of a stretch. But um, I really liked it. Um, I didn't absolutely fall in love with it, but I definitely will like listen to it again and I think probably explore more of their stuff. So, okay, let's we, we all like that one. How about this? I'm hoping we get a different reaction here. This is uh, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. I love rock and roll. Henry and I both, I think, gave it a thumbs down. All right. So um, first of all, we have to bring the C word into it again, not for Joan Jett, but Alan Merrill, who wrote the title track, he died of COVID. Wow. I did not know that. Like today. What? Whoa. What? Drop a fucking bomb on me. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry to blow your fucking mind, but yeah. So Henry's having a moment. Would you guys like to repeat that you give it a two thumbs down? (laughs) I feel really yeah, bad about it now. Grave. In my defense, I tried to give it no thumb at all, just in the middle, but Henry made me give it a thumbs down. Well, oh, my thing with like, <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. Oh, I'm so sorry, Alan. Oh, man, this is <laughs> hey, terrible. He probably made a lot of money off of it, so <clears throat> it's all good. And like, <sighs> I like Joan Jet a lot. Like, I like, I think I'm more like the idea of Joan Jett and like her look like I love on the album cover like her look on that is just like so cool but I feel like a lot of the stuff that she does it's like mainly cover songs that was our that was our problem with it that's kind of where we went and we both really liked her and the documentary about her and we like her and the idea of her but this album just didn't to us live up to the rest of it I read a book about the runaways and it was just crazy like what they went through and the fact that i mean lita ford had some success too but it it was good to see i think joan jet she really out of the runaways she wanted to succeed the most so i think the fact that this album was successful kind of like validated her a little bit sure all right well how about this one try architecture and morality by omd i 
Thank Henry. You I'm gave it a thumbs down. Everybody right? calls them OMD because I feel like orchestral maneuvers in the dark is the most like pretentious, <laughs> yeah. wordy thing I've right. made <laughs> ever. Right. Um, but I love OMD. I think they're great. Um, I mean, they're like kind of the epitome. I think of 80s synth pop, like even more so than Depeche Mode. Um, I think that they're kind of the wow. almost whoa. That's a bold statement. Whoa, not That's really. a mighty bold statement. And you I are didn't say and that just meant they were better. I didn't say that. Well, I just, just so everyone knows out there, Megan thinks, is a huge Depeche Mode fan, so this is a big statement. I didn't say that OMD was better. What did you say? I more. said <laughs> that OMD is more what I think of when I think of like an '80s synth pop. Okay. Okay. I'll buy that. So you really liked this one. This is like probably this might be my favorite album by their like it's hard to pick. I think this is like their third album, but um I really like it. I just think that it's kind of because like it's very synthy and it's got some kind of it has that as- atmospheric um feel to it. But I don't know. I just really like them. I thought they did a good job of mixing pop with kind of the post punky sound. Um, and then the artwork is by uh, another connection to Factory, actually, is by uh, Peter Seville, which he did the album artwork for this. Awesome. Man, that guy got around. He did a lot of record covers. Okay, Megan, so our final record, I gave a thumbs up. Henry gave it a thumbs down. It is Ozzy Osbourne's Diary of a Madman. I mean, this album is super fun. And I think Ozzy Osbourne in general, like his music was super fun. Like, like. Black Sabbath, they're great, but like Ozzy Osbourne, like I feel like he was a little bit more like his solo stuff was a little comical kind of. And I would say this album, if I had to pick like a favorite Ozzy Osbourne album, it would probably be this one. I really enjoy it. And I think it was the last one with Randy Rhodes. So in this album, I think is actually like, I would say his best in terms of his solo work. I think we all agreed on that. I think Henry just didn't think it was good enough for a thumbs up. Yeah. I, I know. I just I know. didn't care. I just Sorry. didn't care. I don't care for Ozzy Osbourne's words that much. Well, Megan, tell us what's going on with you um, right now, and let the people know how they can get in touch with you. All right. Well, um, not a lot going on right now. Right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, just just staying in, um, staying, staying safe. inside, trying to stay safe, and I hope obviously you guys and your friends and family um are doing the same but um yeah just lots of reading i bought a shitload of bob dylan books so i'm kind of going down a dylan rabbit trail but um for social media on instagram we're at 80s 374 and then 80s music exposed on facebook and 80s exposed on twitter and then if you want to follow me um, at Bastards of Young 92 on Instagram and then Megan Maddox on Facebook. Excellent. All right. And we will talk to you when we do the next. Uh, well, yes. actually, the next show is going to be the year end show. So we'll probably have you on for the whole show. I'm excited. Ooh. I am, too. I am, too. Look forward to that. Ooh. So thanks. Thanks for uh, dialing in with us again. And we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Bye, be safe. All right. Bye bye. yourself. Yes, you too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right, there she went. Yeah, Man. boy, she she gave it to us on a couple of those records.
OMD, man. What are we missing about OMD? I don't know. I was kind of scared to say that's this is the only OMD record I've heard. She was going off. <laughs> this was the best one that she knows. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> apparently. Well, Henry, let's uh, let's do our picks of the episode uh, for December 1981. Um, I'm gonna let you go first. I'm picking the Doretti column. I think anybody who listened to the Smiths as much as me, I think a solid percentage of people who listened to this pod probably did. They may not have even heard the Doretti column. They may hear the same things that I'm hearing about the connections with Johnny Marr and whatnot and the traditions of this podcast. We apparently like to challenge our titans. We, you know, right. our sacred cows fuck <laughs> on this show a lot. And this is one of the times where that has happened to me yet again. Thank you to Vinny Riley and the Dirty Column. Yeah, and I wanted to pick that one, but just for the sake of being different, Henry, because I think it's a canon album, I'm going to pick uh, Damage by Black Flag. And again, well, I hope our listeners get the same feeling I get from doing this. This was another one of those months where I looked at the lineup and I was like, Ugh, I know Damage, but I don't know any of these others that well, and I'm not going to like this episode. And I turned out to really like a couple of these records. I like the Ozzy Osbourne record and the Derudy column, but I'm going to go with Black Flag as my pick of the month, but I really enjoyed this episode. And I think 1981 was a really, really good year. I do too. I do too. Um, and so I hope all the folks stick around for our year end uh, breakdown. That'll happen in the coming weeks. We're going to try to get regular with this thing so that folks can get more dependent. You know, maybe working from our home may provide some more dependable, you know, odd stuff from us, right? Well, it might. But what I yeah. hope, Henry, is that me and you can get back together and do it in the same room again soon. And I hope yes, that everybody that can do that. Right. Um, in, the, in the meantime, I would like to encourage everyone to wash their hands frequently, maintain social distancing. Don't touch like your face. Do like, not don't touch, touch your, your face. eyes, nose, and mouth. That's it. If you have a, have a fever, coughing, or difficulty breathing, please go to the hospital early um, and stay informed and everything. We want everyone to be safe and healthy out there, and somehow we'll all get through this. All right. Uh, with many thanks to our show producer, Greg Levin, and if you like the way that we sound you can talk to him at urban dweller on instagram that's u-r-b-n-d-w-e-l-l-r or at nbc greg on twitter we're thankful to have him on our and many thanks to megan maddox who you just heard a few minutes ago she's our social media maven and if you want to start a social media argument with us um, although we've got plenty of time, so you may get all three of us involved. Uh, <laughs> but usually you'll, it's her that you'll be oh, arguing with first. Let but, me have something. Right. Come on, folks. Go ahead. we got plenty of time. Hey, Chris, guess what? What's that, man? I made you a mixtape.